Okay, um, we can start anywhere. Do you have a place you want to start? I, I also have prompts if we want to use those. Well, do you want to start with just maybe one thing that stands out to you that you've either learned from small answers or like a, a highlight? Um, if you start, I can get there. <laughs> we can start somewhere else. <laughs> Hi, this is Lita. Steph and I recorded this podcast a few weeks ago to talk about some news that we want to share. After three amazing years, we've made the decision to pause Small Answers. This was a really big decision for us and one we've given a lot of thought to over the past few months. We decided to record our conversation discussing this because Small Answers is a place that first and foremost has been about sharing the backstory behind significant decisions like these. So we want to let you in on this choice to tell you about the things we love the most about running the blog and the things that we loved a little less, uh, the times we might have overshared, and the reason we're turning our attention, at least for the near term, to other things. I mean, I think we've both given some thought to like what it was feeding in us, but what do you, what do you think that was for you? I think for me it was two different things that got to be combined. One was like a creative outlet. I never thought of myself as a writer before Small Answers, and so writing felt like this new, fun, creative outlet for me. And then I think also a huge part of it for me was self-reflection, that working through these different issues and having to formulate it into words and into a kind of essay structure with some beginning, middle, and end, even if it didn't actually answer all of those questions... Um, really helped with that process of figuring out what I actually believed or wanted for myself in in my life. Yeah. What about you? I think in the beginning, maybe I was incorporating more of that reflection. It served more of a purpose for me in the way you just described of like sorting through my own feelings or, you know, thinking about why something had been significant or difficult or whatever it might be. And then I think as it went on, and especially in the last uh, two-thirds of it maybe, or half, it became like a dedicated place to explore narrative storytelling more generally. I think that's where some of the podcast stuff came in for me and the occasional illustrated post. And I think that's also one of the things that I have always liked about editing and why I always enjoyed editing guest authors and sometimes even preferred editing to trying to write my own stuff. Even though, unlike you, I had considered myself a writer before coming into it, so that's a funny juxtaposition. What bedeviled you about Small Answers? Especially in the beginning, I was really concerned with readership and wanted Small Answers to kind of take off and become something. And we really never spent enough time marketing and promoting it. I was always sort of bedeviled by the fact that like we should be doing this we have a friend that advised us early on, like, you should probably be spending probably more time marketing and promoting small answers than even creating the content. Over the years, I actually just cared less and less about looking at how many reads or views each post got. So that part kind of faded for me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like, once I stopped looking at how many views a post got, I became much happier. 
it was kind of a contradiction that never fully dissipated for me, the like wanting it to be bigger and more widely recognized and yet like clearly not caring enough to do that because the point was more to create. What was the question that you had at the beginning about like some a favorite thing? Yeah. Well, let me let me ask a different question, actually. Is there anything that really surprised you about Small Answers? I was going to say it surprised me at how, like, high the personal stakes felt, but there's no reason that should have surprised me. It's all about personal stories. (laughs) But that is why we... We made a very deliberate decision to only publish posts under first names because we wanted to honor and acknowledge people's true identities while encouraging them to share things that they might feel uncomfortable sharing under their full name. And negotiating that boundary, I just frequently gave thought to like, what do I really want to share, even with these sort of safeguards and even with it being the kind of site where um, this is the sort of sharing we're looking for and like you're not going to get nasty trolls in the comments. And yet it's really scary to like share your inner thoughts with people. I don't know. Have you had any moments where you felt like you overshared or where... Something you posted then came back around in real life? I don't think I've done anything that I consider oversharing, but there have been a couple things that maybe edge towards that territory. The The two that first come to mind are this series about an angel investor. I was emboldened to share because Tim is not at all private about that, which I've always really admired about him. But particularly the second Well, first of all, that was news to a lot of people in our lives, I came to realize after that post published in a way that I did not, I had not anticipated. And I think it in no way made me uncomfortable, but it, because more people responded, I was aware that this post just didn't go out there to die a quiet death. It actually was read by people and uh, taken in by them. And then part two, where I interviewed Tim's dad, that, that was the one that made me think twice because like Tim, his dad was not shy about sharing the details of this experience. But what I didn't think about was that his dad lives in a small town where I think everybody knowing your business is already a little bit of a, uh, just a part of life, really. And that by publishing this, I was cranking up that loudspeaker a little bit. He was fine with it. And I we spoke about it and he, he did not seem perturbed. But I think I, it unsettled me a little bit to know that there had been more reach than I necessarily thought. I mean, sometimes I think I took comfort in thinking like, this is just our little blog. No one's ever going to read this or know anything. And like, there was safety in that smallness. And the other post that comes to mind is the media pairing about do you want kids, which was a media pairing and was not about me. But when anything like that is linked to your name, I think it it usually correctly uh, <laughs> suggests that this is a question you've asked yourself. <laughs> and um, it at least opens the door for people to start asking you in a much more direct way. It does open the door. You're right. You don't you don't want to put anything out there that you're not then comfortable with someone following you up about. I'm sure people who write on the internet regularly, this is very, very uh, familiar to them, but those posts all highlighted the interesting tension between writing something that is true and then your readers may be feeling like they know you because of that, but they only know whatever you chose to put out there. What about you? I think I feel the same way. One of the things I've actually been surprised by is how it doesn't feel as vulnerable as I thought it might 
to share as much as we do share. And there there have definitely been a number of times where I'm hanging out with a friend, but not a super close friend, and they'll reference something from Small Answers. And I'll be like, oh, I have no idea you read that, and I forgot that I shared that with everybody I know. It can be like a kind of uncomfortable feeling, but always when people are bringing it up, it's because it related to something that they are also feeling themselves. And so that that has actually felt quite nice. And I think I also have the sense that, you know, I write about things that I'm thinking about and working through. And then by the time I've finished the piece, I've advanced my own thinking. And then then there's usually a lag of a month or two sometimes even more before it's actually posted publicly. So by that time, it feels kind of like old news and sharing it doesn't feel as risky. Every so often, I do kind of worry like, oh, someone that I just meet could go back and like read all of this. But that's also kind of an arrogant thought. Like nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody's that interested in us that they want to go back and read it. Although your boss is a subscriber. I think my boss is not a subscriber, but luckily I know he doesn't have the time to read it. You have been much bolder than I have with allowing it to become part of your actual professional life. I've I've tried, although only with some success, to really keep those separate because I do talk about work sometimes and there are things that I'm I'm comfortable with strangers or intimates knowing, but not yeah, not that middle. No. If you were doing it all over again, is there anything you would do differently about Small Answers? You know, the course it took felt very organic. I think that if we were starting it today as opposed to three years ago, there are things I would do differently, though. I mean, some of the things we did worked great. I thought having a schedule worked really well. I do really love the guest posters, even though they could be tough sometimes. But I think if I were... I think if I were thinking about it today, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not, I would come to it with a much more like business mindset, not necessarily of making it financially independent, although that would be great, but more like, more like creating a mini empire. We can only mine our own experiences so much. There are things we've never had any exposure to, no experience with, things we just won't talk about for whatever reason. And I started to become very aware of that especially at the end of the second year and into the start of the third year of the site. And it it was still a wonderful experiment, but it felt it started to feel sort of homogenous as a as an index of like human experience. So I think I would want more voices and more participation. I think that's where the power of this idea comes from. And I would want to do things that encourage that more from the outset. So, you know, I mean, you and I have had like dozens of ideas over the years of how we could do this. Like, is it newsletters? Is it events? Is it a different posting schedule? Is it shorter posts? Is it cross posting? But in the end, like the writing was more important to us, which was great. And today I think I might choose to explore something different about it. Oh, let's talk about some of the topics we haven't talked about. I don't mean that we have to talk about them, but I'm just curious to like name them. Are there, what are the things that you've been avoiding? I've avoided some money topics. I've avoided some friendship topics, particularly the difficulties of friendship, I would say. I've avoided any topic that felt like it could be traced to a particular relationship. I I think that's the best way to summarize it. Even if that topic had other applications in other relationships, if it was kind of driven by one, I didn't go there. So I remember thinking about writing about very important and formative, but also a very sad and confusing friendship from my young adulthood. 
but the that person is still at, in my life at least at a level of social media and I didn't want to it didn't feel right to go there without at least attempting to talk to her and I wasn't ready to do that what did you avoid I think probably the things I've avoided most are things about my current relationship and I mention it here and there in the blog but I've never made it a main focus whereas it certainly is a focus of things that I think about and work on I would I would second that and yet Tim has been a major topic but it hasn't really been about the two of you together yeah I joke with Tim he's he's like my biggest muse because he has so many good stories but yeah I would say I've avoided things that have to do with the two of us unless they're um, far enough in the rearview mirror. And I feel really good about that decision. If I'm not ready to talk about it face-to-face with the person, then I don't think I should be sharing it in a way that's traceable to my identity online. How do you think the themes of the blog have changed over the years? So I, I definitely have a sense that the themes have changed. And when I go back and look at some of our early pieces... They're still quite similar, so I think they've changed a little bit, but not maybe not so, so drastically. For myself, I've definitely, in the last three years, done a lot of thinking about work and what feels like the right ambitions for my own life and career, and I've kind of settled on some. And as we maybe approach our mid-30s as well, It's definitely shifted in small answers and just in what we're kind of thinking and worrying about in life from just work to work as a part of life and like what else do we want in life and that may include family and kids. We have new worries about money as we get older and maybe new thoughts about not just creating our own families but our relationships with our parents and all of that. So that's kind of the shift I see. I agree with all of that. I think the the most stark shift has probably been that like we had nary a post about children um, until our first friend to have a kid wrote one post that was incredibly popular. And that was the only post for like probably 18 to 24 months. And then in this last year, it's I think it's just really accelerated, which, as you said, I think it just reflects where we are, where our peers are what people are doing with their lives and thinking about. Um, And if we kept it going for another three years, it would be different again, I'm sure. I mean, part of me, you know, part of me does just want to see, like, what do the next three years hold? So as we said earlier, we've, um, we have not, not run out of things to say maybe, but we've said a lot of what we have to say. And we also both have other parts of our lives that we're focusing on, which are taking up quite a bit of our time right now. So we're going to pause small answers. We're going to think about what it could be, what we want it to be, while we also pursue these other these other interests. So what are you going to be working on? Tell the tell the folks at home what you're up to. (laughs) (laughs) So what am I going to be working on? During the three years that we have been running Small Answers, I became a certified coach and switched jobs. And both of those, especially taken together, have meant less time for Small Answers. My work is more demanding than it used to be. And on top of that, I'm seeing coaching clients outside of working hours. Um, So those are my kind of main areas of focus. 
neither of those have the same creative outlet that Small Answers created for me. So I don't know what will replace Small Answers or how I might continue to contribute to Small Answers in its new incarnation. Yeah, there's something there that isn't covered by the other things I am focusing on. What are you going to be focusing on? I'm going to be focusing on on more audio storytelling. There were many wonderful things about running the blog, but pro- I think discovering that medium was probably the most exciting to me as a creator. Um, so I am going to be putting a lot of my creative energy into that. Um, and that's going to be both personal projects. Um, I'm interning for some local independent radio producers, helping them out with, uh, with some of their work. And I'm also starting a podcast for my day job. So, uh, I'm really going full steam ahead in that part of (laughs) that part of my life. Um, and I'm really excited to, to, to learn a lot more, to get better, and to kind of test the waters with that with that form and to see how I don't know I was gonna say how sustainable it is but more just maybe just to see how deep I want to go into it how do you feel about the small answers pause I feel mixed I mean we've gone through dry spells before in the last three years and they've always passed and I think we've always been glad to come out on the other side of them and so part of me thinks like this is just another one of those and as you were saying like you just need to keep publishing if you're not publishing you're not you're not moving forward even if you don't love everything you put out there. On the other hand, I look at our how much time we've both devoted to it together and separately and it feels like it's been quite a while since we were prioritizing it the way we used to and the way that we did when it was at its peak sort of satisfaction and excitement. So I'm so I'm a little scared to stop, but I also need time to recharge. And that part I'm excited about. Philosophically, I really believe in taking breaks from things, even things you enjoy. It's just nice to see what happens in their absence and what else might come to fill it or what parts you miss about it. I am excited for that and to recharge and devote time to other things and and to get to see more clearly that perspective of what Small Answers has been providing. And I do feel sad. In addition to like feeding my creative energy, Small Answers definitely also fed my ego. Like It was, has always been super satisfying to say, we have this blog and it's you know a side project or hobby that we take quite seriously and has been really meaningful. And I also love having a creative project together. So I'll miss that. You know, what we're talking about, I think in this next phase, at least for a little while, is going in different directions. And that means not having somebody who inspires me to keep going and create new things even though I know you'll be happy to look at drafts <laughs> of work and still and still help me, it's a little different than doing it together and having both investing in the same project. Yeah, it is different, but I feel the same way. Before we end, Steph and I both want to say a huge thank you to everyone who reads, writes for, or comments on this blog. We started Small Answers as an experiment and have loved every part of it, even the parts that were challenging. 
Your participation, support, and contributions in the form of stories and words of encouragement have been essential to this project. We still don't know what might come out of this pause. Just know that we'll see you again in some form sometime soon. In the meantime, stay in touch. We love hearing from you, and thank you for everything.